Welcome to the Abstract Doctors Podcast. Today, Dr. G and Dr. C speak with PhD and Principal Director at Accenture, Amir Bagapur. For more information on Amir, please visit FAS.org. Visit the Abstract Doctors for information and upcoming podcasts. The Abstract Doctors Podcast. The doctors are in. Open up your mind and say ah. Welcome to the Abstract Doctors uh, with Dave Sifu and myself, Dr. Garbo. Uh, we have a special guest today, Amir Bagapur, a good friend of mine. Um, he's got a long and impressive bio, but I'll just give you one little data point. I didn't even think that something like this was possible. He's an expert in uh, game theory Ooh. and misinformation. And uh, I think when he became most prominent was when he uh, developed software that predicted the Arab Spring. And uh, and uh, we also dove that tail that into creativity also on how he does creativity. But uh, Amir, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, Ron, it's always good to see you. <laughs> Great to see you. Yeah. Uh, Amir and I met uh, in 2017. Uh, his brother happened to be uh, uh, a resident of mine in training in physical medicine rehabilitation. And uh, that's how we met and continued to be friends. And his career has just taken off. Um, and so uh, one of the things, maybe I'll start this way, Dave. Uh, and Amir, uh, I put out there three laws of uh, physiological emotion. And one of the second one is emotions are tools. Now we all get stuck and we all get uh, wrapped up, but emotions, this big brain of ours, we have it for a reason. And we have all these emotions for a reason, uh, but they do, they do get in the way. But uh, emotions are tools is the law and try and remember that emotions are tools. How do you figure for, how do you um, figure emotions then into game theory or if you're trying to predict, so, right? So there, I, I did I, that I, nice I, transition. I, I'm glad you asked that, Dave. Yeah. Uh, I like to think of Amir as the frontal lobe and emotions can get in the way. And so game theory, when you're developing yeah. probabilities of certain things, you have to use your entire brain. And sometimes uh, we can get stuck and emotions can get in the way. And so that's when we need creativity. Is that a fair assessment, Amir? What do you think of that, Ms. Dr. Frontal Lobe? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, game th theory certainly underspecifies the role of um, emotions and sometimes uh, how emotions can lead to irrational suboptimal um, outcomes, okay? So game theory is not necessarily the answer to explaining all human uh, uh, behavior. But one thing that, that, that game theory does um, uh, 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 explain in terms of human emotions is that um, when it comes to decision-making, um, people have preferences. And those preferences are driven by the ecosystem that they're a part of. They're the, the the stakeholders and the in in the environment that's affecting their decision making, and that the, and those preferences are also dri driven by the salience of how important certain issues um, are to them. 
So in like game theory, right? Um, people say, you know, game theory is 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 is, is the the, the science of understanding um, uh, decision making in the context of strategic decision making, right? And it's got a lot of things that um, are 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 not fully answered. Um, human physiology, psychology, um, uh, etc. But it does take into account um, uh, some factors when it comes to, you know, um, uh, rational decision making. And the de- the definition of what's considered, um, uh, you know, rational in in game theory is is a lot different than um, what you know an average person thinks is you know rational, or what economists might think as um, is is rational, right? So, um, you know, Mother Teresa, in uh, you know, in in game theory terms, is extremely rational, even though um, you know she was not looking to maximize profit or her own you know her own safety, right? But in game theory, they would say, oh, you know, her preferences were different, right? She got satisfaction from, um, you know, um, you know, helping others, right? So, so that was her top priority, you know. So Amir, so Amir was former boxing champion at West Point. So apply now. Take us from Mother Teresa to being in the boxing ring, uh, and how to get to your frontal lobes and be more creative and problem solve. Can, can you make any extrapolation there? I bet Mother Teresa had a fierce left hook. You know, <laughs> she she had the well, leverage. You know, she was kind of low. She came up, and, and you underestimated her. Yeah, yeah. Right. So everybody, so as Mike Tyson sa- said famously, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose, right, <laughs> or in the face. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, so uh, you know, th- th- there is optimal decision making, and then there is decision making under constraints, right? Your physiological constraints, um, your environmental constraints, uh, your psychological um, uh, uh, c- constraints. Right. So how you respond um, is a lot different than how you're optimally supposed to respond in life. And certainly in the boxing ring. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I mean, um, uh, you know, a a, a strategy, I think, um, whether it's in whether it's in life or in the boxing ring needs to take into account. Right. Um, uh, Adjustment based on you know what your environmental uh, uh, conditions are and what your limitations are um, physiologically and personally relative to your changing environment no so if you try to set it so if you try to set a set a strategy and approach um, that doesn't match your ability or the means that you have to be able to operate in that particular environment some would say that that's a bad strategy. <laughs> you need right. to basically reconsider, you know, right. how you're going to approach things. No, no, no general, no general would say to a tank uh, that has X gallons to say, push yourself further beyond uh, the reserve of this tank. Uh, but we do it with human beings all the time because we don't have good measures. Oh, but do we? Oh yeah. He sets himself up for these things. So like Ron, why Ron, do we have good measures to, to talk about the fuel in our tank? No, but but you yeah. you, you 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 know one of the things Amir once told me was um, you know you can get stuck in these ruts and you know he has an incredible job uh, but he breaks free uh, lets his brain break free with doing writing. I uh, Dave in the last podcast you you, you 
you wax poetically about writing grants as your creativity. You know, I, it's something hard for me to conceive because it's so stress-inducing for me. Uh, and but you and Amir have something in common. You write really important, profound things, but that's your joy. Yeah, I, I actually, Amir, I read your piece that he sent. It was very impressive. Very imp for someone that boxed for a while. Very impressive. Your frontal lobes or your executive function is working quite well. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm sure, you know, as I get older, I'm sure, you know, the, the, I, 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 something's of something got affected, um, in, uh, um, from the boxing days, but I, but, but I never, um, you know, w w when I was boxing, right. Um, so I, I limited the number of bouts that I had just to like the important ones. Right. Um, so, um, the, the, there was the you know the boxing team which is a, a national college boxing it's not a NCAA sport and I think it's not an NCAA sport because I think a lot of people got injured <laughs> um, so for whatever reason um, it's not an NCAA uh, sanctioned sport but they have what's called NCBA I believe the national college boxing and so I was on the boxing team and they they, they wanted um, they wanted me to go on like these bouts right and I was like no <laughs> I don't think I want to go because uh, go to these bouts. I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, um, sign up for the annual tournament, um, uh, and then I'll just box in the annual tournament. Um, but I'm not gonna like. There's a big difference between like, you know, uh, strategically kind of saying, okay, I'm gonna, you know, do four bouts, you know, a year, and I'm not gonna spar, <laughs> right? To I'm gonna do um, about every weekend, and then get punched in the head uh, three times a week. And, uh, the, 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 the boxing coach at that time certainly didn't, um, did not appreciate that, especially, you know, when it came to tournament time, I'd beat up everybody on the boxing team, um, <laughs> without being, uh, you know, full-time on the boxing team. <laughs> well, well I, I think, I think part of that has to do with, uh, you know, is, is, a, is a nice analogy to what's happening in sports now with COVID is, you know, you know, they're, they're either they're either overdoing it because they're compressing the seasons, or because they're having long periods of time without, you know, without uh, having contact because of COVID. They can't do it. Is that better for them? You know, and it, you know, and as and, and you know, it's only when Brady gets to be thirty-eight or something that he starts to realize, I actually have gotten really lucky so far. Let me now take better care of my body. Let me let me let me do what Amir did during boxing. Is you know, let me you know. Uh, uh, make sure I'm not getting abused in the head in practice, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm only playing on good teams, and I'm making sure I'm going to do well. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, it, it, what if every athlete did that? And you know, but but, but the, I, I was going to kind of get back to how do you take in, you know, for let's let's we can stick with Brady. How how do you take into account the intangibles in game theory, whatever that may? I mean, nothing's intangible if if you make it so. But but you know, when we're talking about you know, a predicting Arab Spring, well, there's cultural issues. There's certainly the emotions. You know, there's what's the weather like may may affect what people are out, out there, yeah. you know. You know, and, and, you know, just like, you know, why is Brady, who was drafted sixth or something, you know, in sixth round, why is he so amazing? Because he had these things that no, you know, coach or scout could have predicted. And, you know, after the fact, Malcolm Gladwell could have told us he was going to be yeah. But the rest of us had no idea. So, so is there a way, or do you just say that's the, you know, that that's this is the best we got? So, so, um, so, 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 I, one of the things that I've learned, right, and it, and and I think it drives people sometimes in academia a little crazy, is that I have 
no loyal reverence to any particular mm. school of thought, right? So, um, you know, I, I think particularly people that, are, that, that that go get their PhDs that are very talented in a particular um, uh, field, right, um, that specialize in those fields. What does it mean to be specialized? It means that you're gonna, you have an overabundance. You have an extraordinary level of knowledge about a very specific thing, right? or a field, right? And, um, you know, my approach um, has been uh, to, you know, use the, the expertise that you have, right, as the cornerstone, right, and the, str- and the core strength of what you bring to the table, right, but apply it in a level of flexibility that's allowing you to yeah. change and know, right, the limitations, right, of the, you know, your, your field or, or the, 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 the fact that, you know, any particular field, one lens is going to have strengths and, and, and limitations in my field, um, you know, uh, uh, game theory and, and, and political science and understanding how groups, people, um, institutions behave, right. These are models, right. These are models and theories uh, that provide an explanation on certain phenomenon. And a model is a simplified version of the world, right? By design, right? You know, um, so it's a guiding principle and you got to kind of have a sense on when um, it, it applies and when it doesn't apply based on the assumptions, right? Um, but yeah. but the reason models in simplifying things are are, are helpful in describing why people behave the way that they do or why um, organizations behave the way that they do is um, it allows you to break things down into its constituent parts and have that assu- have that discussion, right? So mm-hmm. um, uh, w- when I, I when I was at the State Department and I was working on um, you know high level negotiations, right, um, uh, uh, with another country. Um, regarding a conflict issue, um, you would have experts come in, right? And they would say, you know, so-and-so is not going to do this and this isn't going to work because of these. And they'll give you all types of fantastic stories on why that's not the case, right? Um, and then I would come in the conversation, I would say, well, I got this model, right? And then according to, you know, my the data and the model that I have, right? Um, you know, uh, you know, you can get a deal this way, right? Yeah, and then they would say, hey, "Okay, well, we'll explain this model." And I would explain the model, right? And I would explain the assumptions, right? Yeah. And then I would say, "What are your assumptions?" <clears throat> mm-hmm. And be like, "What's an assumption?" You know, I don't know. This is just how I feel because I you know I have yeah. an abundance of you know um, uh, knowledge about this thing, right? And you know, history is important, right? Not everything should be you know um, qu- uh, quantified, you know, but. Um, the way that I think about, you know, my field, which is not a hard science, right. You know, so I'm not claiming that, you know, it's, it's, it's this hard science like physics, et cetera. Right. Is that, um, uh, you know, we, we have, so long as we have a way to to theoretically falsify something, right. Like, Hey, if I'm, if, if I'm saying, right, Hey, this is why I feel, you know, what, why things are going to happen the way that it goes. I have to explain, I have to have an explanation and, and, and I have to, to set up a, a a means that if I had to, I could falsify it and rationalize. Yeah. You're rational. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, To rationalize. Yeah. 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 
Well, I, I, th I think to, to, uh, to uh, uh, link this in with creativity and artistry, which, which we, we like to emphasize on, on this uh, podcast, is, you know, you can be an amazing, you know, a landscape artist, all right, or, a, or a, a folk guitarist, right? But you actually are probably missing some of the nuances of how to do that better or just of what, of how to uh, be an artist if you're just doing folk guitar and you're not doing flamenco, you're not doing drum, banging on the drums, uh, and you need to kind of break yourself out of that. And all the time, you always, you know, some artist goes out and all of a sudden, instead of doing rock, rock, he's doing, you know, uh, Irish love tunes. And then he comes back and his next album is that much more effective in the rock space or an artist goes from, you know, you know, uh, um, from being a, a, a realist painter to doing abstract, but then his realist work gets better. So I think with game theory or with, with just thinking about how to make decisions in, in any space, whether you're a doctor or a, or a, a statesman or, or, a, or a coach, is, is you need to kind of clear your space, clear your head, clear your biases, your rationales, and say, you know, was I really, not even say it. Yeah, you know, because if you say it, then you're rationalizing again, just kind of be open to the other coaches on the field or to the other people in the negotiating room or to other doctors you're talking to, you know, who are like saying, well, you know, that's not how I've, you know, taken care of patients. And you don't kind of get out of that space because, you know, people think being a doctor is a scientific thing. Not so much. I mean, there's plenty of science, but a lot of it is the gut and or it's our rationalization, you know, and, and we, we're terrible at looking at the end product and, and saying, well, why would not, why would I do this again when I have people that are still hooked on narcotics, you know, when I have people that haven't improved their thinking after brain injury, and yet you keep banging on the same thing because you have rationalized, well, that person didn't get well, or that negotiation didn't go well because she came into it with baggage or, you know, you know, as opposed to maybe my strategy or the strategy being used had, had these false you know, uh, back, what, uh, back. What is that called? It's called fundamental attribution error, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're starting yeah. off, you know, by kind of, you know, by, by, by blaming the, the situation. I'm like, well, you know, th that's never going to get us anywhere. And that's, you know, I, you know more about the Middle East than I could ever imagine, I guess. But if I hear one more person say, oh, we're going to have a month long negotiation or we're going to focus on this. I'm like, really? A thousand years, 2000 years, you're going to fix in because you've got a personality or because we're going to do it for a month or a year. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, I'm also like, does it really want to be fixed? You know, I mean, that, that's a, that's a, that's a doctor thing too. It's like one of the first steps. I mean, it sounds like Alcoholics Anonymous. The first step is the person, you know, that you're working, the, the team that's working together has to say, what, what do we want to get, get out of this? What do we see as a better place? You know, maybe it isn't peace in the Middle East. Maybe it is an improvement in back pain. Maybe it's something different. And the, maybe the word peace is wrong or improvement in back pain. So I, I love the gaming theory, but it is. And, and I never call myself a specialist, an expert ever. You know, people do that. And I'm like, I'm not. Like, I, I know some stuff, but I really like to kind of pull back to being more of a generalist. Um, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Amir? I mean, how do, and how do you do that? How do you not start believing your own stuff? And how do you... How does game theory stay so pure and unbiased? It doesn't stay pure and unbiased, right? Um, what, uh, 
um, you, you, the, it, you know, your, your, your goal is, um, to be as objective as possible. Right. And there's ways of setting that up. Right. And, uh, the, the, the way to testing your judgment, right. Is, um, whether what you say turns out to be true or not. So suppose I, you know, I'm holding an apple and my theory is that if I let go of the apple, it's going to hit the roof. Right. Um, you know, my, my, my theory in, in, uh, of, of gravity would be erroneous. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, so your judgment is determined by what you think is going to happen versus what ends up actually, um, uh, happening. And unfortunately, right. Um, you know, sometimes in business, um, certainly in, in government, certainly in politics, um, you don't always get rewarded for being right. Um, I, I, I realized this, um, uh, 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 earlier in my career when I was forecasting these things that were extremely, um, uh, accurate and, um, I'm sorry, I, I just lost you guys for a second. Okay. Where you're forecasting things that are extremely, a- that are extremely accurate, um, and you're like, Hey, you know, um, look, I was right, you know, and you know, in particularly in government and politics, right? If you are right and the more right and divergent you are, the more you get punished. Right. So, so being right is, 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 is not the, is not the end all, right. It's, um, it's, it's how can you display, um, a good judgment, be right and try to use, um, those things in a way that can, you know, uh, contribute to your field and make the world a better place. And I think where, um, people get really frustrated is when you know you're 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 doing everything right. You're displaying um, a good judgment, and you're like, how come nobody's um you know uh, 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 listening? Listen and, and 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 th- and in that way, it's very easy to become you know a a pessimist. It's like um, s- some of the things that I've experienced, right, where I was like totally right about this thing, right, and if they just listen to me, and then you can't, and especially if you're dealing in, with classified information, um, in 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 my field, it kind of feels like you went into the, the the wilderness, you fought a bear, you killed a grizzly bear, um, you know, with your bare hands, right, and you come out of it, and they're like, what did you do this weekend? And you can't tell anybody, yeah. <laughs> right? right? Or you're like, I killed a grizzly bear, right? And they don't appreciate like how hard it was to kill that grizzly bear, you know? Yeah. Um, well, especially if, if they never believed there were any grizzly bears there to begin with, you know, or if maybe yeah. they like the grizzly bears, you know, maybe they're like, well, you shouldn't, you know, even if you did it, they might have like, but yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, being right is way overrated. Uh, you know, I, I think if you're going to work within a system, you know, it's figuring out how to make that system better. And it, it's not always by being the smartest person or the most accurate. It's, you know, what, what, you know, what, what's, and, and understanding where it's been over the last year or 50 years or a thousand years. And also where does it want to go? You know, it's, yes. just, you know, how, how do you deal with denial? I always like to say denial is a great Are we back to Egypt. Oh, different denial. My bad. Nice. All right. nice. Um, denial is a great form. He has one. Yeah. What? Yeah. Denial is a great form of coping until it's not. But how, 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 uh, Amir, do you, how does the probabilities and so forth when you're dealing with somebody who's showing the classic forms of denial, they just, they, they won't even look at the assumptions of the data. 
is that a fair question? Um, yeah. Um, so how do you deal with denial? Um, well, I think we're all guilty of that to a certain extent, you know, um, you know, uh, denial is definitely a powerful coping mechanism, right? Um, and uh, uh, sometimes, quite frankly, it's necessary to get you through um, uh, uh, certain crises in life or with your organization, right? Um, but at some point, you're going to have to face, um, you know, reality. Um, you know, look at what's happening, um, you know, with this COVID epidemic, you know, um, you know, th th there's only so much the propaganda and the lies, <laughs> you know, could, uh, could go forward when there's people, you know, dying and you're having like all these different, um, uh, 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 uh cases, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the, you know, what the answer is for everybody. I don't have a, 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 a general advice or principle for others and how to deal with denial. Right. I could say for, you know, um, uh, uh, myself, um, you know, uh, uh, denial comes in many different ways, right? There's denial in terms of, you know, what, um, what you're feeling or, or what you're saying. Right. But the most powerful, I think, um, uh, uh, um, toxic form of denial is not what you say or how you feel, but what you do. And when there's a, 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 a cognitive dissonance when, uh, between what you're saying and how you feel and how you're actually, um, uh, operating and living, um, your, your life. Um, for me, um, there was a, a, a period in my life where, um, how I felt and what I wa wanted to do was very much at conflict with how I was living my life. Um, I, you know, I, 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 uh, having been an athlete, um, and, and very serious, uh, about my health, not just on daily health, but a high performer at some point in my life. Um, there was a period of my, uh, uh, you know, a life, um, fairly recently for several years where I, um, uh, you know, did not pay attention to my personal health, right? I was smoking cigarettes. Um, you know, I was not eating healthy. I was not exercising. Right. Um, but I was performing at a very high level cognitively. Right. Um, and I, I was, you know, and, and I knew like in my mind, I was not in denial in terms of, um, cognitively. Like I was like, you know, I, I, I gotta get in shape. Right. Um, you know, I, I should probably stop, um, uh, as, as smoking, but the denial was not necessarily in how I was thinking, but you know, the, the, the life that I had, um, uh, chosen to live is probably a coping mechanism, et cetera. So, so there's kind of like, you know, in game theory, right. Um, you know, um, it, it, uh, I, I, this is, I don't know who, this is my saying, right. What you think is less important than what you do, um, is less important, is, is less more important than what you think is what you say. And more important than what you say is what you do is your actions and stuff. So if well, you want to predict somebody's, if you want to, in, in, and I talked to Ron about this and his doctors, um, you know, this, right? Like, you know, the, the patient comes in, right. And I'm not a doctor here, but I play I, one I, on a podcast. 
Yeah. yeah, but but if the patient comes in and they're you know they're like um you know uh, uh, how are you doing uh, you know in terms of you know your diet yeah I'm complying with my diet you know I'm just having a salad every day etc right and the person's ninety pounds overweight right there's a disconnect between what they're saying and and do I believe what I do I believe what I hear or what I see you know or um so 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 the most important form of I, I the hardest uh, 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 thing to break in terms of denial. And, and the biggest sign of that is, um, your observation and how people, what people are doing rather than, you know, h- how they, uh, uh, think. And only until, you know, you're, you, you're, you, you've actually changed your behavior in an observable way. H- have you, you know, internalized, I think, um, uh, 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 uh something in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, well, well I, and, and, you know, I mean, it, it's if, if we could use the concept of game theory, you know, and, and, and I, this is a terrible analogy, but I'm thinking that that you're like you're Spock and the rest of the people are, are, are Captain Kirk is like, you know, like like Kirk feels a situation and thinks he can respond. You know, we're talking about Star Trek for those of that are anyway, like, like you know, and and, 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 and and yet there's chaos reigning and the whole time Spock who knows game theory is like, well, that's not very logical what you're saying, you know, and, and, and really there's an approach you should take. And I've weighed all the odds and I get even your emotions. I said, but they don't have a role here. Now, sadly in the TV show, Star Trek or in the movies, Spock kind of has a smile at the end, but the, the way the crazy Captain Kirk or the typical American who denies everything, you know, I'm, retaining water it's not calories i'm like well you must be retaining an ocean because you're about 300 pounds overweight what are you talking about but but still you know in 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 america the person that can rationalize their way into that they're doing well they're a good father they're being a good business person despite the fact amir that the numbers would show otherwise their blood pressure is high their employees aren't happy even if they're making a profit you know, their, uh, their significant other doesn't, you know, isn't feeling appreciated, even though they send each other expensive gifts. I mean, all of those things are the irrational world we live in. And, you know, I don't, I, I, you know, I know that many Europeans I know say you Americans are all crazy. Like, like, like your, your goal of, of doing well and happiness, you know, seems so different than where you are. You know, we in Europe, Live a certain not not everywhere in Europe, but 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 in certain parts of Europe, live a certain way, set up our lives, our jobs, so that we can truly enjoy. You know, we we don't worry about X, Y, and Z, but we also don't pretend that we're somehow happy because we're driving the latest you know car that doesn't really make us sexier or a better person. I mean, you know, that total lack of insight, and you know, usually around 55, 57, men start to realize. Oh, you know, maybe my whole life has been bust and, you know, everything changes. I'm like, yeah, dude, how about we push that earlier? And, and we actually set examples early on, whether, again, it's in sports, it's in healthcare, you know, as you're talking about, whether it's in business. I don't know that the American world can do this. You know, our, our soon-to-be future ex-president is the worst example known to man in terms of someone who is, you know, living the 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 the... the fully explored and, and, and fulfilled life. I mean, he's the, he's the antithesis of that, you know, and yet people, I, uh, you know, I, I idealize what he's done and who he is, which is absurd. Um, but anyway, so, so, but game theory could help us. So we need to get you out there. 
I mean, I mean, game theory in, in healthcare is called clinical practice guidelines. I mean, CPGs have been around forever, and yet nobody follows them, all right? They're, they're, you know, they're, they're essentially an objective way to provide care in a range of settings that are embedded in, in, in healthcare systems and in electronic records, and yet people always tr- find ways to kind of vary it because of some gut feeling or, or some other reason. Amir, when you were uh, at the top of your game, uh, I mean, was he still well, is? Uh, he still. Well, I'm getting to that. When when you were at the top of your game, cognitively, but not health wise, compare yourself now, being significantly healthier, and also at the top of your game. Um, is there a difference? Big difference, right? And 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 I gotta say this, right? That you know, um, one of, so, so, so there's, there's exogenous factors, right? External factors. And then there's, um, endogenous internal, um, uh, 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 factors, right? And so to be at the top of your game, you have to address both of those, um, uh, uh, things. Um, uh, man, time goes by so fast, but, there was a um, uh, period in my life, right? Um, it was a four-year period. Um, oh no, a, a five-year period, right? Where I was, I was, I was working um, probably a hundred hours a week, right, nonstop um, for that period. Even when I was on um, on on vacation or or on break, right. Um, I was still working. My mind was still um, uh, uh, working. Um, during that period, um, I could not go to sleep without noise, right? And I'm not talking like you know waterfalls and stuff. Like I, um, like I put on like a movie or something, um, or um, a, a a a a podcast. And as soon as that noise would would shut off, I you know have a hard time. Um, uh, 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 sleeping, um, I'd get, I, you know, I, I, I'd get up. Um, and what got me through that period was, um, the, the dedication and the passion I had actually for the work and stuff. And in hindsight, I was probably on, you know, a, 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 this elevated state, um, where when you're going into work, um, and, and you're so passionate about it and you're kind of like going from, what you studied um, in theory, where you're doing it in actual life, um, it gives you a sense of um, adrenaline um, and in and, and, and passion about the type of work that you're doing that's actually very addictive. That's why you see kind of like, you know, you kind of like wonder um, like some of these um, uh, jobs, like I was just listening to like another um, interview about a, 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 a very highly accomplished um, former DEA agent, right? 30 years in the DEA, right? Um, you know, and you think rationally, like, why would anybody want to, you know, go be under that type of situation where they're, you know, currently, you know, constantly under danger, right? You know, they're putting their, themselves at risk, their family at risk. They're not getting paid anything. Nobody's recognizing them for what they're doing. Why are they doing what they're doing? And he was saying that, you know, there's a certain type of character uh, personalities out there that it's like a rush, right? You're getting um, adrenaline, right? And, 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 and this 
deep satisfaction from the thing that you're doing. Um, I think athletes have, have that. I think probably, um, you know, how, how I, I think how I, I was wired in my, in my life, uh, even when I was younger, um, starting my adolescent, uh, you know, period, you know, there's, there's nothing more satisfying, you know, when you're playing a sport and the, and the rush that you get, you know, for like victory or like being part of like a particular effort that translate that, that moved for me in my career cognitively. Right. But I ignored the physical um, portion and was not paying attention to um, things such as recovery, things such as like, Hey, the, 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 the body has to accompany the mind um, in the army, in the military it was different because it was part of your, your, your career at West point. Um, you get, rated um not just based on your military performance and your academic performance but on your physical performance right so it becomes ingrained as part of um you know your your identity but you leave right um you know uh, uh, a a a a a career um as you know, th- that's very physical or if you're playing a a a sport at a at a high level whether it's in college or professionally and then you know that doesn't accompany you because the thing, because, you know, um, my job, right. Is does not require me to go and run every day. Right. And then, so, you know, you, you intensely focus on one, on, on one thing and you kind of lose focus of the other things that are, you know, uh, tacitly part of, you know, your, your, um, your, your performance. Um, and, and I didn't, um, I I did not um, uh, realize right um, uh, those things um, until um, a few years ago when you know um, it was I I I I had a breakdown um, in turn in 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 just got totally um, burnt out um, because I was not only dealing with a variety of 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 different issues. Uh, professionally, personally, but health-wise, right? You know, it wears on you after a while when you're not um, uh, uh, recovering and paying attention um, to, you know, um, uh, your, your your health um, uh, uh, physically, and also like it's with age as well, right? Like when you're, um, when, you know, when when you're younger, um, you're much more cavalier because you don't think about, you know, um, how are things going to look. Um, <laughs> um, when um you know you, yep. you get a little bit older yep yep well well and and you know i think you know it's that reflection and i think that's it's the it's the putting attention to how all these things come together you know which is which is what what uh, ron and i and and others are, are kind of trying to help people to get to you know and and you know and combining the cognitive brilliance and the physicality and the creativity to realize they're not all separate and, and they actually result in you're getting supercharged. You know, I mean, you know, you, you've, you've got to be, uh, you know, uh, cognizant of the fact that you can't just be always thinking and working or being physical all the time or laying around all the time, or, you know, you probably could always be artistic and always be creating all the time, but, 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 you know, how do you bring those together? You know, and, and, and I, I, I would be fascinated to know if other cultures, you know, just do this intrinsically you know, because in America, we have to force ourselves to this. Like we have to have special gyms to work out in and we have to have special personal trainers or people to help us with growth and, and being free of mind. I'm like, really? 
Like, why isn't this part of our culture? Why are they all so boxed separate? Like, like why are college professors thought of being in this kind of cognitive world and, you know, and, and, and folks that are in, you know, athletics, they're just physicality. You know, how do we blend all of that? You know, and, you know, how do we do it before we're age 90 and when we find inner peace? Uh, but, you know, uh, so, and, and Ron, how does HRV help us with that? Well, I, I like, I, I think one of the things that, and by the way, it's apparently uh, lawn care leaf blowing time right well, now. We don't mind it, Ron. It's good. Right. I like it. So, um, what, one of the things Amir was saying was, I think he, he started to really value recovery. So, all you flow seekers out there who are seeking flow, you have to value recovery. And Roger Federer is a perfect example. Roger. Owns the tennis world. What has he done counter to what the Tennis Association wants from him? They want him out there every week at every tournament bringing in money. He recognizes as he gets older, he can continue to play at a really high level, but only a certain number of times per year. Yeah. And that's where uh, wearable monitoring and heart rate variability gets you to realize the size of your tank, how full it is, and your capacity, and to not overcome it and to start valuing recovery. And so when I am dealing with a burnt out flow seeker, uh, I first of all establish the fact that uh, I don't know how to shoot free throws. Uh, I don't, I'm not an expert in game theory or whatever it is, but you will get back to flow once your tank is increased and filled, that you will naturally find flow again if you value recovery. So Roger Federer, great tennis skills, but realized he had a limit as he was aging. We can, we can open that up with great software and wearable tools where you recognize for yourself in front of you, oh, wow, okay, I'm deteriorating and why? Well, Amir realized that when he was at West Point and he only picked certain boxing matches. Yes. Maybe when you get banged in your head, it's different than playing tennis. You're like, yeah, this can't be good for me. You know, whereas maybe playing tennis, you don't think that. But I'd be fascinated just to know how to get our culture or the people, you know, at any age, you know, kids, teenagers, anybody. nocturnal, yeah. HRV. Yeah. Uh, yes, but how do I get the kids to, you know, and, and is it through... Is it through something that's on the market already or is it through education or is it is it something about our society? You know, I mean, you know, what what is with our society that we're creating all this burnout and we're creating people that have to find a new way at age 47 or 32 or 80? You know, why wouldn't that be part of our intrinsic world? You know, you know, it's somewhere after kindergarten, we lose the the uh, maybe it maybe it's a middle school where life is about joy and growth and being creative and being spontaneous. And we start getting in these lanes, you know, and, and we reward, yeah. you know, greatness in the lanes. So, 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 so there's, so how I look at this, right. Is you have to look at your performance in life, right. With humility and empathy. Right. And the reason is, is because we can afford to have this conversation, Right. Yeah. We can, you know, like, like, you know, I have the means to, you know, sit and ponder, right. You know, um, you know, how, how do I make my life better, et cetera. Right. When people are in, um, 
a position where they don't have the luxury, right, of making decisions or changing their life. And you have a lot of people in this country um, right now, right? Um, you know, uh, it's outside of their control. Um, you know, we have to look at um, uh, people's situations with empathy, right, and and not in as much of like a judgmental way, which 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 we're not ta- which we're not in this conversation, but. If you look at, um, there's like a statistic that I was reading, um, like something like 60% or 70% of American households, this is prior to the pandemic, have less than $400 um, uh, in in their bank account um, at the end of the month. Um, So they're living paycheck to um, uh, a paycheck. Opioid epidemic that you know, Ron, you're so familiar with, and doctors are so familiar with, you know, they're called diseases of despair. Like if you look at um, Angus Deaton um, uh, and, and, and I forgot, uh, Carol Young, I believe, or um, whoever um, her, her counterpart was for the work that um, they did in kind of discovering the magnitude of this epidemic. They call it diseases of despair for like a, 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 a reason, right? And how it's coincided with the decline of non-college-educated um, uh, 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 white males, right? Coincided with the rise of, you know, Donald Trump and, um, you know, uh, toxic populism um, in, in this country, right? Um, I've never been at the point of, you know, uh, that level of despair, but you know, in my life, I have experienced, um, you know, what it means not to have means, right? I've experienced like with my family, like growing up, right? What it means when, you know, your parents are under extreme financial stress, right? Um, I've experienced a little bit, you know, when I was like running my business, are we going to, you know, uh, uh, be able to make payroll, et cetera, things of that nature, right? And, um, you know, once you're under, you know, that degree of, you know, I call it economic terror. Um, yes, it's not like war, right? Physically, right? Um, but it's many of the same um, emotions. It's hard to think, um, you know, clearly, right? So just like war, though, right? Um, for those that do have the luxury to train, right? You know, their body and their mind, right? You want to build up resiliency, right? To be able to face those, those types of situations in, um, in, 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 in life. But, but some people, right? They don't have that luxury. I was reading another study, right? Where, you know, if you're at a sufficient level of poverty, right? You're going to be limited in terms of what you can do cognitively because yeah. you're not thinking, right? You know about being reflective. You're thinking about survival, right? Which is very similar to the boxing ring, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think that there's ways that you know society can um, improve, but I think that there's also some things that we have a responsibility in society to, you know, cre- create enabling conditions that yeah. allow people to improve. Yeah. Well, 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 does to circle back to game theory? Does game is game theory a you know I, I'm not putting everything on it, but is it a way for folks that really don't understand that perspective and the fact that it's not all about what their world is, what what their desires are, to to kind of reflect and say, look, you know, we're going to take into account the fact that there's a blank percent of people that don't have uh, resources or that that are under constant stress or that have 
you know, a different vision, which may just be survival. I mean, I mean, are those things that you factor in and can help world leaders or, or business people to understand, you know, because it's not, it's not inherent. You can't just say, I, I empathize with that person because I read about them in a book or I saw them on the street. I mean, Absolutely. I think- I, so, so, so you can explain some of it, but not all of it. Right. So, so in, in game theory, okay. Um, you know, it's all about trying to identify people's preferences and what people prioritize over other things. Right. Um, you know, somebody that is living in a state of economic terror, right? You know, their priority might not be making the world a better place, right? And like helping like refugees, right? Their priority is how can I survive on a daily basis, right? Um, it doesn't mean that they're like a bad person, right? You know? Yeah. What game theory would also show is like if their priority is survival and they're living in a state of economic terror and somebody comes and tells them, hey, the reason that you're in this state of economic terror, it's because of these immigrants, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, or, 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 or you know what? Um, you know, I'm going to make America great again, right? right. Because right. your life 10 years ago, your was family's so life yeah. was so much better, right? Yeah. You know? And psychologically, there is... Um, you know, it, it, you know, th- things do feel better, you know, when, you know, life is get th- there's, th- there's a bias towards nostalgia, right. You know, yeah. um, you know, in, in, in terms of, you know, the, the, the good old days, like, you know, Al Bundy, five touchdowns in one football game, Paul Kai, yeah, yeah. um, you know, um, but, um, but yeah, game theory does explain some of it, right. But not all of it, you know, it's, it's, it game theory is a way of, 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 of thinking about things, right? If you're an optimal, if, if, if you're trying to optimize, right. You know, um, uh, uh, your strategic decision-making, right. Game theory is not so good, right. When you're taught, when, uh, um, when you're trying to, um, you know, um, uh, 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 improve your relationship with your children, right. You know, like it's not, not everything in life, right. Is about strategic decision-making. Right. You know, um, there's humanity involved in, 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 in things as, um, is, as well. But if you're in, in, in a, the ideal place for game theory is if you're in a strategic non a setting where people don't trust each other that much. Mm. Right. So the, so the reason it's so valuable in the field of international relations and politics is because that's a very, very safe assumption. So, um, you know, uh, um, I, I, I was, um, uh, a, 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 um, advisor and a, d- a director, uh, for, um, analysis and, in, in, in research in the office of the secretary, uh, Kerry, secretary John Kerry, um, in the, in the previous administration. And, um, they moved me up there to incorporate some of this stuff into some sensitive decision-making that they were engaging in. And some of the people that you're talking to, um, you know, they don't even believe in science. Some of them, right? More or less, you know, game theory. They're like, "What's game theory?" Right? You know, what? What's this? You're telling me this computer that you designed, like these rules, is gonna give, make a decision on this? This? And that. I was like, well, 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 "Well, let me explain this." Right? I was like, "This is how things work in game theory." Right? People have preferences. They're like, "Okay, we can identify those preferences." Right? I was like, but it's based on some assumption, so it's not always, uh, you know, great for certain things. But the but the primary assumption is that if you're in a setting where people don't trust each other, it's a pretty good um, way of 
um, uh, estimating how they're going to behave towards one another, right? Not once when I said that in, you know, in, when it came to international relations, did somebody say, I totally disagree with that assumption. We all trust each other in this and that every time, right. From the most junior person, to the most senior person, they're like, yeah, I like this model. <laughs> right. Or yeah, that, that sounds right to me. Um, so, yeah. you know, so the way um, I see it as a clinician, I think that was, that's, that's really my big takeaway. The game theory helps in low trust situations. When I'm dealing with humans and patients uh, who have been prescribed narcotics in a in a reckless manner, you know they and, and it's no wonder people have lost trust in the healthcare system, and so uh, that ha- that's paramount for a clinician is to develop trust. If you never listen to their fears, you'll never gain their trust. Um, and so for me to get anywhere to help people with trajectory change, there, there has to be an element of trust. And then for, for, for if you're a teacher or a leader or a coach or anything, you know, if you want bullet points, you know, I, I, here are three bullet points. Challenge people to write or explain their view. And people do that all the time. Now do the second view. What's that other person's view? Okay. And then the guy in the booth. You know, the commentator in the booth, the third person view. And I think game theory is trying to uh, uh, elucidate with assumptions that third person view. But you two are uh, amazing examples of being a flexible thought. And so we have an entire population that is it continually put back in the fear response, the self-absorbed. With, and I don't say absorbed in a negative way, they're, they're, they're threatened in that threat response. But continue to challenge your children or, or the people you lead to articulate their view, another person's view, and then the third person view. Anyway. Um, are Trust there- but verify. Trust. That's yeah, no, and, and, and look, there are cases, right, where people cooperate, right? And even under... The construct of like game theory. In fact, uh, there's there's a very famous game theorist. His name is Robert Axelrod that I briefly worked with when uh, you know in 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 government. He was a Jefferson Fellow at the State Department, um, and he and he wrote a, a seminal piece um, uh, close to forty years ago called the, the Evolution of Cooperation, right? Um, where he showed that even under strategic circumstances in war, you have cases where enemies will cooperate. So the famous cases during World War One, right, trench warfare, where, you know, you have both sides intentionally shooting, you know, artillery over the other one, right, so that neither one gets killed. Um, you know, game theory in, in in classic construct doesn't always explain those types of conditions, right? So, wow. so, so, so there are conditions right? because he, here's the other thing, and this is why I say you got to take strategic decision making, right? And, um, you know, what's considered ra- uh, rational, what's considered, you know, maximizing everything that you have, you know, the, the world, right, as, as bad as it seems when you watch the news with like this pandemic, right, is actually not like this, like horrible. If, if, if we lived under that construct, right, you know, there would be war in every second, every place. And if you look at like war and conflict, right, it's actually a rare event. When you look at the number of minutes in the day, right, and all the different places and people that are living together peacefully around the world and stuff, right? So 
you know, it's not, I'm saying like, that's why, like, whatever you look at in terms of strategic competition, strategic decision-making, which is a construct for game theory, right? You have to apply it in the right, um, uh, you know, construct, right? You don't want to be doing game theory with your wife. You know, that's not going to be good for your, uh, you know, uh, uh, long-term relationship for your, for your marriage when, you know, um, or, or, or with your, or, or with your children. Right. But if you're going into a negotiation, right. You know, in which, you know, it's a hardball negotiation or it's a negotiation in which you have some interests aligned and some interests are different, right. You know, you want to approach it in a strategic way and you can do that, right. In an ethical way, right. Without like, you know, (laughs) like going after somebody's head. And I think that's a fantastic way to uh, bring it to a close, right? In terms of uh, the role of uh, using objective information and using strategy and what's in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a methodology of game theory, use it in the right situation, the right setting, you know, it's, uh, otherwise you'll be divorced and, and childless. Uh, but, but uh, you know, it, it's something that, that we, uh, we all should be thinking about. I really think we should be, uh, you know, taking a closer look on the fact that there are rules and there are strategies and there are, you know, there are approaches and, and it isn't all just willy nilly uh, in what we do again, again, particularly in the world of politics and the history, but probably in healthcare as well. And, 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 uh, and in overall wellness. Um, and uh, so I want to thank Amir for uh, opening our eyes. That fantastic stuff. And we're loving it, man. Love thank it. Thank really you. Appreciate what you've written. What yeah. You've thank you. Thank you for your service as well. Thank you. For thank the, you. For, thank for you. Our, our, our government. And nice meeting you. Thank you for having me on my uh, on on your podcast. And Ron, yeah. um, always good to catch up. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Pleasure. Take care, buddy. Bye. Thank you to Amir Bagapur for joining Dr. G and Dr. C today on the Abstract Doctors Podcast. For more information on Amir, please visit fas.org. The Abstract Doctors is produced by The Abstract Athlete. For more information on podcasts, events, and subscription boxes, please visit theabstractathlete.com. And as always, follow us on all of our social media platforms under The Abstract Doctors and The Abstract Athlete. The office is now closed, but join us for our next appointment when Dr. G and Dr. C speak with MD, PhD, and Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine and Integrative Medicine, Michelle Dossett.